Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. you to be reminded as we go throughout this this time of the year we are on borrowed time we're on borrowed oxygen everything that we are is his we thank you jesus i'm going to dismiss the kids that's my bad that's me i hit the wrong thing my foot my big fat foot came over here and hit the thing turned it oh man i gotta turn down now it's all good (laughs) oh lord Well, I have a couple of announcements and stuff that I want to go over. Um, The kids are going to have fun in Sunday school today because today is our our Christmas store. And so they are over there. They are picking out gifts um, for parents, for friends. I don't know how it all works. You know, they know those things more than I do. So they're going to have fun over there. Um, But I have a couple of announcements. So this, this Wednesday is Young Adults Bible Study, right? Okay, Young Adults Bible Study. Where are you meeting? Caribou. They're meeting a caribou. If you're a young adult and you want to know more about it, talk to Ashley. Um, and uh, if you're interested in getting more sermon notes than just the, the handout that I give, which I left in my backpack this morning, if you're interested in, uh, yeah, you can hand them out for me. I'll do those here in just a minute. But if you want more, you can go to myhope.life forward slash sermons, and the notes for today are in there. You can follow along, kind of. Because I don't really, I'm not like one of those preachers that's like, oh, I wrote this down, I have to say this. So I'm not real good at it, but I'm getting better. <laughs> but um, there is, I have a list. I got a, I got a request this week um, from someone, and I have a whole list of people. Um, I can't remember how many it is, like maybe 10 or 12 people here that um, have some needs. There's a couple of wants on here. But if you are interested in taking on someone, um, come and get one of these lists from me. Um, maybe you are like, well, I can't, I don't have time to go get the gifts this week. You can uh, let me know which person you want. I'll go get the gifts uh, for you um, and turn them in. I have to turn them in by next Monday, not this coming Monday, but the next one following. So if you are interested in doing this, maybe you want to do it as a family, maybe you want to do it as an individual, these are some people that are in need. Um, so come see me afterwards, and uh, I can get you uh a list out of here. You can go through, pick them out. Um, and so just let me know if you want that. Um, anyways, uh, I am ready to preach today. So Gabe, did you already pass those out? You're so fast. Thank you. Look at that. By the time she was ready, here we go. So the Christmas series that we're in right now, I just called it Christmas. I was like, that's easy like, to describe what I'm talking about, Christmas. Um, And uh, throughout it, though, the whole idea was, rather than talking about Santa Claus and all his elves and things like that and all the fun things that come with with Christmas, um, I want to uh, talk about all of the awesome gifts that our Savior gave us 
through his birth. So there was more that was given to us than just Jesus. When he was born, there was a whole lot more that was done for us. He was our Savior. In that, that's a lot. But there was little things that, you know what, I've never probably looked at throughout my entire life of being a Christian. Um, I've probably never looked at some of the things, and even today in this message, probably, I, I really hope, I know I'm not original in everything that I do, but I really hope that as I go through this study today, you're like, man, I've never heard anyone talk about this kind of stuff at Christmas time, and it's so cool. I hope, I hope that's what goes through your mind if you're like, wow. This is the hundredth time I've heard this. Well, then I'm, I'm sorry. It's Christmas time, and everybody kind of preaches the same thing. <laughs> so anyways, today we're talking about the preparation. And the gift of Christmas was our Savior, Jesus Christ. It was. But today, looking at the process that led to the birth is what we're going to be doing. And so there was a gift that can be found in the process of birth. Now, there's only one person that can uh, experience birth, and that is a mother. And so as they, uh, as they experience birth, it is a whole, ex it's an experience, Lord. So I worked, uh, I worked in the birth center, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Not a whole lot into detail, but I'm going to talk a little bit about my time as a surgical tech in a birth center. I have helped deliver so many babies, like so many babies, and do C-sections. I, I worked there for 10 years, so I know the number's got to be well over 1,000 that, that I've helped with, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure it approached even closer to two. Like, there was a lot of people that, uh, that uh, we did uh, C-sections and deliveries and all those things. But last week, I, I mentioned a verse, and it was Luke 1, chapter, uh, verse 15, and it says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Now, this was talking about John the Baptist. This was what the angel Gabriel told to Zechariah and prophesied about what would happen with Elizabeth and what would happen with John the Baptist. Now, we're not talking about Jesus today, but at this point last week, I got super excited. I was like, wait till next week. It's going to be fun. But as I was going through, I was like, well, I didn't realize how much fun it was going to be. Like, sometimes, like, I'll have an idea hit me, and I'll be like, this is the whole series. I'll write out these ideas, and then I'll get to that point, and I'll be like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. So in Luke chapter 1, verses 24 through 25, it says, After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. I want to talk about that for just a minute. This is really important here. This, this passage here, there's a whole bunch of important stuff in here, so I'm probably going to say this is really important. But this is really important right here, okay? In verses 24 through 25, he sa she says that she kept herself in seclusion for five months. Now, I remember when I worked on the birth center, when a person uh, that worked on the birth center would get pregnant, they wouldn't tell anyone until about this time because they were like, well, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want miscarriage. I can't even begin to imagine the struggle that there is with a miscarriage. And then you've told everyone, and now everyone has to ask you questions about it and, and all these things. And so that was some of the reasoning that the nurses would use and the staff up there would use is, I, I don't want to tell everyone, you know, until, like, the baby is, like, you know, almost ready to be born. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather live like I've gained weight than, <laughs> than to uh, tell someone and have to tell them I had a miscarriage. And, like, there was this thinking. And so I look at this. Thinking about the fear that Elizabeth had to say, the Bible says that she was advanced in years, which means she had to be over 60 years old, past childbirthing time, 
And so here she is, five months waiting in seclusion, probably some bed rest in there involved, you know, different things like that. But Elizabeth's inability to have children was considered a disgrace. And, and I look at this passage right here, and I, and I look at how she's like, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with me in favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. God's changing me in this moment. She looked at it like, this is what it is. I, but I have to believe that there was probably some fear in her. She's advanced in years. She's having a childbirth outside of a, 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 what would be a younger person's kind of thing to do. And, and here she is afraid. I, I believe that she, there was some fear. Yes, she served God. Yes, she was looking to God. But for five months, she had to carry this baby in seclusion. And then Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. Now, at this point, Elizabeth has been pregnant for about six months. That's what the Bible says. Have you, as you read here, we'll see that Mary was pregnant, or I'm sorry, not Mary, but Elizabeth was pregnant for about six months at the time that Mary arrives. One thing that's really cool here is before Mary went to see Elizabeth, Gabriel comes with a message for Mary and says, you will give birth. Well, in this time, Mary's like, but how can I give birth? Like, I've never been with a man. And this was all part of God's plan to bring his Savior into the world. And so in this point right here, scripturally, it does not show that Elizabeth knew Mary was pregnant. It doesn't say anything in the Bible that when Mary got pregnant, Elizabeth was also notified of Mary's pregnancy. And they didn't, I, I really had to think about this for a long time. And what I had to think about is they didn't have cell phones and they didn't have the USPS. I, you know what, I don't, I don't want to give them too much credit. Jim has struggles with USPS. I don't, they didn't have UPS to get a letter. You know, maybe you don't like UPS, but UPS has worked great at my house. They didn't have Amazon Prime delivery service to get a letter to, 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 to uh, Elizabeth. Hey, guess what? I'm coming up there, but I'm also pregnant. She didn't know this. And so it appears that, that Mary was possibly going to help Elizabeth during her pregnancy because Mary stayed with her for an additional three months, according to Luke 156. And so Elizabeth, or I'm sorry, Mary was young. And Elizabeth was older, and so it would make sense that Mary would go and help Elizabeth um, in her advanced age while she's pregnant. And so Elizabeth would have been over the age of 60 years old, according to most biblical scholars, and some stated that maybe upwards to 80 years old. Um, imagine that for just a moment, having birth at 80 years old. <laughs> yeah, that would be like you, Grandma, having a baby. Like, Lord... Don't let it be. Do not in my, my grandmother's advanced years. I can't do it, God. <laughs> Don't let it be. <laughs> so Elizabeth would have been between 60 and 80 years old. And so the Bible only gives the clue that she was advanced in years. So just birth, past childbirth in years. You can interpret what you want, where you want, but she would be past childbirth in years is what that means in the Bible. So in that I have to believe that there was some fear in Elizabeth being advanced in age, now pregnant. The risks of a person older having a baby, I mean, 60 to 80 years old, like the risks go up like after you turn like 35 for having a child. Um, and so I look at this and they had a lot of babies 
by this time, and they knew that there was risks involved with advanced age pregnancy. And a promise from an angel came to her husband during the 400 years of silence, like, Really, was you having a hallucination? Was the oxygen low? Like, was it really God? I could, I could begin to imagine that maybe possibly the question would be like, well, yes, I know I'm pregnant, and, and this shouldn't be possible, but here I am in this moment in my life, and now I'm afraid. Was it truly God? It's been 400 years of silence, and my husband can't speak now until the birth of my child, so it must have been God, or he's just being really quiet. I'll thank God for the silence. <laughs> but how would she know that her child would be filled with the Holy Spirit? This was a family. Elizabeth and uh, Zechariah was a righteous people. They lived according to God's commands. And so there had to be a fear of God in their hearts and an understanding of what his spirit might be. And so this is so powerful here when you... When you look at what happens here, in verse 39 of Luke chapter 1, it says, In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this, pa this passage right here just paints a whole picture for me. Like, she didn't know. She, she, there, was, there was assurance that came in this moment. She didn't know what was going to happen, but here's assurance now. This is from God. But there was something that happened. Mary begins to, pro or sorry, Elizabeth begins to prophesy about Mary in this moment. Because there's not really a way that Mary could have communicated to Elizabeth that she was already pregnant. So maybe she did, maybe she didn't. There, it isn't in the Bible. So I have to believe that the only way that Elizabeth knows about Mary's pregnancy is because of divine revelation from God's spirit. And so there's a passage here in Joel chapter 2 that I want to bring in. And it, we have to go back and we have to understand from an Old Testament perspective. You see, to understand the New Testament, you really have to have some understanding of the Old Testament. Because everything in the New Testament is an echo. It's a, it's a, the, the, the Old Testament is prophecy of what God would do in the New Testament and, and all these things. So you really, to understand what's going on in the New Testament, you really need to know what was happening here. But in that 400 years of silence, I believe that they were still looking for what God was going to do. And in Joel chapter 2, verses 27 and 28, it says, You will know that I am present in Israel, and I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. Now, this passage right here is like a clue to the next one. You will know that I'm there. Like, this passage here. Now, now I have quoted these scriptures, this very next scripture. I have quoted this before um, because um, in Acts chapter 2, it's, uh, it's recorded as Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. He quotes Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. And it says, after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your old men will have dreams, and your young men will see visions. In this moment, Mary, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, I'm getting confused all the time. So Tina and uh, Teresa, I keep messing up their names. And Betty and Cindy, I always mess up their names. I don't know why I confuse them. And so uh, it's the same thing here in the Bible. I mess up Mary and Elizabeth. <laughs> and so in this passage here, 
After this, I will pour out my spirit upon all humanity. This is looking forward to what God will do. So here's Elizabeth, pregnant, right? And Mary walks in, and the presence of the Lord your God becomes known. And after that, he pours out his spirit. So Acts chapter, this is still prophecy for what will happen in the future. But from what I understand, this is the last person that is an only person to be filled with his spirit or to have his spirit placed upon them like the prophets of old. And so when I look at this passage here and she begins to prophesy, we know this is prophetic of what takes place in Acts, but it is represented in these scriptures right here in Luke chapter 1. We see Elizabeth filled with the Holy Ghost, but in verse 42, we see that she begins to prophesy being fulfilled well as prophecy is taking place. Prophecy is being fulfilled, and she begins to prophesy about what would happen. In verse 42, it says, Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and your children will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth understood something had taken place. When she felt that baby leap, it was more than just a normal leap. Something had taken place within her. That is the beauty of God's spirit is you will know that something has taken place in you, that you won't be the same after that. God changes us from the inside out. The person that you are today does not have to continue to be the person because he transforms people. So in verse 44, it says, For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside me. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill what he has spoken to her. And so in this passage, it appears to me Elizabeth knew that Mary was pregnant because of the confirmation of God's spirit that had just moved on her and into her baby. And we see it beginning to take place and her begin to prophesy about the birth that Mary would give. It's like twofold confirmation. Now they both know. Wow. I can't imagine like Mary and Elizabeth in this moment. Like ladies get excited about being pregnant. I worked with over 100 women for 10 years. I have seen some crazy things in my life, guys. To all the guys in the place, I've been in the trenches with the ladies. (laughs) Oh, man, I tell you what, sometimes. (laughs) But it blows my mind when I look at this. The power that is in the womb, the the, the, the very fabric of a baby that's being fitted together to be born. There's so much power when I look at that, the life that is in the womb. I look at the power that a woman holds in the fact that she has a womb and can give birth. Now, maybe you sit here today and be like, well, I can't give birth or I've never given birth. That's okay. You still have a special connection because God used a woman who he cursed At the very beginning of time, he cursed this and cursed this process, and he chose to use this very thing. So the process of birth did not stop at this point. There was still something to continue. We get excited about this part, but the part that we never talk about with Elizabeth and Mary, I mean, I feel like we never talk about, and I say that because maybe I never heard anyone preach about it. Genesis 3.16 says, he said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. 
you will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be fulfilled by your husband, yet he will rule over you. Let's talk about childbirth for a moment. That sounds terrible. Like, I, I look at this. I think about this, and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I get a man cold, and I am, I'm out. Like, I'm down for the count. And, like, people are like, childbirth is so bad. I'm like, let me tell you, have you ever had a man cold? Like, come on. <laughs> come at me. <laughs> let me tell you about this cold that I had the other week. <laughs> I got so sick that I needed my wife to bring me soup. <laughs> babe, can you please come and tickle my back for just a little, rub my back, babe. I need an ice pack for my head. <laughs> and here's a woman giving birth. Like, you know what the Bible does not do? It, did, it does not say that God took away the pain from Elizabeth. It doesn't say that she got an epidural. It doesn't say that she, like, was put to sleep and, and had this baby miraculously by divine inter intervention. Mary had the birth of Jesus through the process of pain. Like, I have to applaud the women in the house today. Like, you have given birth to so many. You've given birth to so many children. I love the sound of children in here on Sunday mornings. It excites me because that is the sound of life. So, in this process... For John and for Jesus to bring them into the world required pain, but it also required them to enter through a process and a person that has been cursed. All the, all the ladies, like, it's part of, you know, thanks to Eve, thanks to Eve and Adam, like, you know what, but it doesn't, like, men aren't exempt. Women's curse happened with birth, but for provision, the man had to meet his wife's needs. And so the only way that would be met was by the sweat of his brow. That was the curse of the man that he would have to work on the ground. And the ground would bring forth weeds and, and all these things. And, and, and what went perfect in the Garden of Eden now is a mess for man and for women because we walked away from God. So it does not matter because God is not, his method is not limited by your faults. God's method and his plan is not limited by how messed up you've been, how cursed you've been. It doesn't matter. He still loves you. And so rather God takes us and uses what he has. And so your pain produces promise. It produces promise for you. It produces promise for your family and for your world. Look what happened through the pain that Elizabeth and Mary would experience. It produced promise for the world. It produced the Savior for the world. Your pain has the ability to affect someone else's life. Your pain that you've experienced through your life has the ability to help you walk next to someone when they're going through a struggle or when they're going through a trial. This isn't just for women or just for men. This is for both of us. This is for each and every one of us. The pain that we have experienced, the hardships that we've faced, God can use for his purpose. The Bible doesn't say that Mary had no pain at birth. It doesn't say that Elizabeth got an easy birth. There's going to be some times that you go through some hard times. It says that she gave birth. Birth didn't change for them. The savior of the world came from a woman that experienced pain just like every other woman does at childbirth. The birthing of, of the prophet that would come before Jesus Christ and prepare the way didn't get a pass. She had to experience it as everyone else. Thank God for modern medicine. 
and epidurals. I know maybe you had one and you're like, it didn't work, but I bet you it did help a little bit. Like, I just have to believe that it might have been worse if you didn't have it. <laughs> but I look at, I look at the, I looked at so many things, like as I was helping people give birth, you know, like I would stand there and help the doctor. I didn't help the woman. Like, but I guess in, 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 in essence, I helped the woman give birth as I stood there and helped the doctor. Um, <laughs> but anyways, through that process, it was, I never saw a time that the woman wasn't in pain. She had epidurals. There was still pain in the process. Sometimes so much to the point that there would be a C-section because, you know, the cord would slip around the head or, and, and start to compress. And so we'd have a C-section and we'd run back to the back. And, and, and there was times a baby would come, a, a, not a baby, the baby was still inside the mom. The mom would come inside and, and the baby wasn't doing good. And within 10 minutes, there was a birth. Like from the very beginning, just bam, 10 minutes from the time of the door to the time the baby was born was like between 10 and 19 minutes. We were fast. It was so cool to see like everyone just kind of jump into their groove. But I never saw a woman come in and just be like, oh, that was, that was easy birth. Now, and I always felt this way. Maybe you're the type of person that's like, well, I didn't get an epidural. I always was like, I don't know why, but if I could avoid a little bit of pain, I would do whatever it takes to avoid that little bit of pain. <laughs> i like, you don't get a cookie. You don't get a certificate afterwards that you did it without pain, <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> I'm like, take, the, take that, please. <laughs> like, it hurts me. <laughs> watching this. <laughs> no, I'm just making a joke. It's okay. <laughs> Anywho, moving on. They experienced pain. And in this process that God had cursed, it brings the Savior. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, how does this even relate to me? Like, I have honestly never heard anyone talk about this before. Good. The beauty of this is that for every person here, you may experience pain in your life, but there is promise that can be produced from that pain. When we change the way that we view pain, you go through and you begin to look for the purpose, and that begins to change you. You see, God didn't take away the pain for them, but they knew that there was purpose in what was being produced in their life. God did not take away the pain in your life, but he built you in a way so that you could endure the pain that you would feel. That's the beauty of a woman. And like, that's when like all of a sudden I became to come to this realization that, you know what, yes, we have these like modern advances in medication and things like that. And, 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 and modern medicine has gotten so great, but it, it doesn't matter. You were built for a purpose and it was to produce promise through you but man you were you were built to produce pain and endure for a long time they can endure that pain for like and, and it just blows my mind every time i saw birth like i was like this is so cool it never got old 10 years of seeing it, and it was different every single time it was the coolest thing i had ever experienced every one of them it was so cool happy times there were sad times too but in everything but when a man, yeah, like by the sweat of your brow, like why does it mean that provision has to come from, you know, me working really hard? Life 
is produced in a, well, I'm not going to say in a moment because let's be honest, it's not a moment. It's a process of like nine months and there's a lot of contractions and things like that for a woman. But in a woman, that life is produced in nine months and she has to bear the pain of giving birth. Like I can't imagine what my mom had to go through to like to have me, I can't, I can't imagine those things. Like I can't imagine what a woman experiences in the giving of birth, but the peace that comes, I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing. When that baby came out, it was like a load was lifted off of them. It was the craziest thing ever. It was the most beautiful experience that in this moment. And so I look at this and I look at the birth of Jesus and the birth of, of John and how, how in this, in this time, like there was all this pain and this built up this built up hurt and this pain and and then bam there was a release but it wasn't just a release for them it was a release for the world that the world would finally have a savior that came so god built the man to barely endure the man cold i don't understand what his thinking was in that y'all can experience childbirth and and god's like but the man <laughs> i'm gonna give him a cold <laughs> It's gonna put him in the he's gonna put him on the bed. <laughs> but the man would only eat and provide for his family by means of painful labor, is what it says in Genesis chapter 17. And so the process of birth was cursed for the woman, but God built her to endure through that pain. You were built to endure through that pain. Guys, I don't think that we were built to endure through that pain. I will I will bat for I will go to bat for every woman. Women are strong people. Because I, I guarantee you, I could not, I don't think I, I I'm 99% certain that I couldn't handle it. What you guys do in childbirth, I couldn't, have, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. But when I look at like what a man was built to do and a man was built to, to, to give provision and his, his curse was meant for the lifetime of the man. And that was meant for you guys, you need to get out and work your butt off and provide for your family. That is what God has called you to do. And so we are to love our wives. We're to care for our wives. We're to do everything that we can. And the church should be that. The church should continue to, to produce and should continue to love each and every person. And so let's talk about the church today. Just like in Joel, they were continuing to look forward, right? And so we need to continue to look forward to what God is going to do. The church is referred to as the bride of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, 24 through 25, it says, Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That means that when your wife is upset with you, you're to love your wife as Christ loves the church that we're to do what we can to provide for our wife. And then Isaiah 26, 17 says, as a pregnant woman is about to give birth, writhers and cries out in her pain, so we were before you, Lord. And in 1 Timothy 2, 15, it says, but she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with good sense. For the church to be the church, it must learn the process of birth. For every person in here today, we have got to learn the process of birth. There is a process that takes place in a new Christian's life, and it doesn't just happen overnight. There is a growing that takes place. My relationship with God, I grow in him. I grow through him at his will. In his season, I'll produce fruit, not in my own time. And so I have to understand that, that if we are to be the church that we have got to help people through the process of the new birth that was spoken of in the New Testament. 
The church must produce children of God through the new birth process. And that means the church will experience some pain. But in that pain, we see our purpose as the church fulfilled. In that pain, we begin to produce fruit for God. And so we will never truly understand the meaning of Christmas until we understand that the gift that was given through our Savior Jesus Christ was also finding purpose in our pain. The beauty of Jesus Christ is that we can find purpose in our pain, that I am not bound by this moment in time, by this addiction, by this struggle, by this, this problem that I'm in right now, but I can produce faith. I can Everything that I need has been given to me to see a promise fulfilled. So if for Christmas, I should be looking at what Jesus gave to me, and that is the ability to find purpose in what I've gone through, purpose in my pain, purpose in the struggles. You have purpose, and you may sit here today and say, I don't understand what my purpose is. I don't understand what God wants me to do with my life. That is okay, but understand that you do have purpose, that he didn't bring you here for no reason, but he brought you here because of the purpose that you hold, that is locked up within you, that he loves you, that he cares for you. And so as a church, we have got to find purpose in our pain. Finding purpose in your pain requires you to look at the past, how you feel in the moment. It requires you to look past that, how you feel right now in this struggle and in this strife that you may feel and look past that moment to what God is doing. It requires you to take off the lens of yourself and put on what is God viewing in me and through me. What can God produce in this moment, in this season? I have to remind myself that I was produced, that God built me to withstand what I'm going through. He didn't build you with faults. He didn't mess up when he created you. He loved you as he formed you in the womb. He knew that you had purpose. He knew that he had a plan for you and that he loves you in every special way. And so you have purpose in your time here today. God will produce promise even if you've messed up. No matter the pain that you face, no matter the things you feel, well, God, I'm cursed. Look, I can't do anything right. It doesn't matter. He loves you. I've messed up every step of the way. It doesn't matter. He loves you. He's given you another opportunity. If you've got breath in your lungs, you have another opportunity to serve Jesus Christ. If you have breath in your lungs, you have another opportunity to take a step of faith. If you have breath in your lungs and you're here today, you have the opportunity to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you're sitting at home and you're online and you're watching, you can know that God loves you in this moment and where you're at and that God is still reaching across the time that he still loves you. And in the pain of birth, God loved you in the pain that you've experienced in your life. He produced you to be able to withstand. God will produce victory in and through you as you endure through the pain. There have been people here that I know have experienced some terrible things. And as you look over your life, maybe you stand there and you're like, I don't see the good, Zach. I don't see what you're talking about. Like I laughed a little bit and you got a little crazy talking about childbirth, but like I don't, I just. 
Here's what I can tell you. I can give you assurance in telling you this. Serving God will not solve your problems. Serving God will not take away the pain. Serving God will not make you feel like a million dollars every single day. Serving God won't make your bank account bigger. It won't make it any less. Serving God doesn't mean you're going to have a better job tomorrow. Serving God doesn't mean you're going to be smarter tomorrow. Serving God doesn't mean you're going to be healthy tomorrow. But here is what serving God gives you. The ability to look forward into what he can do in your life. In Psalms chapter 30, it says, I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me up and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from Sheol. Sheol is hell. Lord, you brought me up from hell. You spared me from among those going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but his joy comes in the morning. Don't focus on the nighttime. Don't focus on the weeping right now. And just know that joy comes in the morning. Know that in your pain, it's going to produce a promise. Know that where you are in your life, God loves you in spite of everything that you've done. Every mistake that you've made, he loves you. So God is producing a work in you and through you. And so you may, have, you may have weeping through the night, but don't focus. The scripture wasn't to focus on the overnight stay of weeping, but it was to focus that I know that right now I'm weeping and that it's nighttime. But I know in a few hours, joy is coming in the morning. It will tell you, this scripture tells you that in the moment of pain, that joy is coming. It tells you that in the moment of struggle, that joy is coming. It tells you in the moment of nighttime, that the morning is coming, that Jesus Christ is there for you, that you can have joy refreshed and renewed in your life, that you don't have to continue in the path that you've always lived. The beauty of Christmas is knowing that I have purpose. The beauty of Christmas is knowing that even though I have endured pain, that I can produce promise in my life, that God loves me and that he cares for me. And that joy comes in the morning. So maybe you experience some pain now, but brother, keep holding on. Keep standing strong. Keep holding to the faith. Sister, I know you're struggling. I understand, but please keep holding on. Hold on to that rope. Hold on to that. Because it is the, that is, if, as you hold to that rope, as you hold to that lifeline, he is Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is everything that we need. Everything that we need was wrapped up in Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. We held his glory the glory of the holy begotten son full of grace and truth we experience to the very presence of God walking on this earth and as we feel him today as we feel him in this church we believe that we can worship God that in spite of an addiction in spite of a struggle that we can experience breakthrough that we can experience God changing our lives that we can experience the fullness
fullness of Jesus Christ right here in this place. That I'm not bound by who I was, but I'm a new creation in Christ. That's the beauty of who Jesus is. You all have a story. You all have faced something. But I believe, I believe for you that God will move in your life. I believe that in spite of what you have gone through, that God is going to move. In spite of the addiction that you've had, in spite of the mental health problems that you've had, in spite of the sickness, God is going to move. That God is going to do a work in your life. We're not determined by what the world says, but who the great I am says about us. Oh, Jesus, as this song plays, there's a portion where it says, from the impossible, we'll see a miracle. I believe it, that when the impossible happens, it's just a sign that God has an opportunity to step in. So in that moment, in that struggle, in that strife, understand that while you're in the night, it's just warning letting you know that the morning is coming. When you weep, remind yourself that joy comes after this, that it's okay for this moment that I can weep, but joy comes tomorrow. So as this song plays, can it be a prayer? God, move me immovable. If you have addictions, if you have struggles right now, I believe that right now as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I believe that he can produce promise. And I believe that it's his promise that not any should perish. I believe that it's his promise that no person should struggle through addiction. And if you're in struggle right now, if you're in the struggle mode, then I want to encourage you to come to the front. And I want to pray with you that God would touch you. I believe in a God who delivers. If you're struggling with your past, who you were and where you've been. I believe that I serve a God that is more than able to change you, to rewrite your story. God, I pray that you would move right now. God, I thank you for meeting us here today, God. God, I pray that you would move in our lives today. Oh, we believe that there's power in your name. If you need prayer, I want you to come up to the front. Don't hold back, don't wait. If you're struggling with something, let's come together and pray together. Hallelujah, Jesus.